The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You have a vision for your business. Your priority might be to expand facilities or bring in the best talent. At Century Insurance, we listen, learn, and work to understand your business and your plans to help protect your new locations. As your business evolves and your vision comes true, Sentry, right by you. Property and casualty coverages and render-written and safety services are provided by a member of the Century Insurance Group, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. For a complete listing of companies, visit Sentry.com. Policies, coverages, benefits, and discounts are not available on all states. See policy for complete coverage details. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you do for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. walkthrough and uh, it'll be a full speed walkthrough. You know, do we wait until next week to see where he's at since we can't really practice, you know, this week other than full speed walkthrough. I said that in practice, we're not really practicing, you know, other than Wow, that's pretty good. That's what happens, Mike. When comedy tour, you're in a room, the nation, yeah, Campbell and Jack Easterby. Ah, I actually thought it was good. See, that's what happens when you tell a a, a, a football joke to a room full of people who've never played football. Right. That, that to me is what that is there. I mean, I caught it right away. Full. He's looking for a reaction, full speed walkthrough. Well, there's only one speed in a walkthrough. You're freaking walking. Right. So he was having some coach fun there, even though, yeah, he's not going on comedy tour with Seinfeld anytime soon or anything. (laughs) He tried it twice. They didn't get it. And then they finally figured (laughs) it out. They finally got it. It was all over when he gestured and they said in unison, Full speed walk through. Full speed walk through. You got to walk hard. <laughs> well, it's like that that race walking that Andy Bernard from the office did <laughs> right, when right. they had the Dunder Mifflin, Meredith Palmer, rabies something something for the cure five k. Andy did the the race walking where you never have both feet off the ground and it's that really funky. Yeah, I don't know. That's a full speed walk through, I guess. Yeah, they, so yeah. uh, hey, look. It underscores one of the things people like, players like, about Thursday night football. You don't get beat up in practice because you do walkthroughs, not full-speed walkthroughs. You'd like to do a full-speed walkthrough, but there isn't much you can do when you play Sunday and you turn around and you play on Thursday night. So you got to get your guys ready. We talked last week about how Kyle Shanahan tries to take six days of prep and cram it into three. 
whether it's physical, whether it's mental, whatever it is, it's everything about it. The whole operation gets condensed. And these two teams do it twice this year. They play on Thanksgiving in Detroit, and they're playing tonight at Lambeau Field with three days to get ready in between. Wow. I, I did not – I don't think I really realized that they were playing on Thanksgiving. I don't think – you know, I'm not that far down the schedule. So, uh, that, that's actually news to me. I, I did not realize that these are the two teams that were playing on, you know, 12 o'clock Eastern on Thanksgiving Day. So, yeah, that's interesting. they got to deal with two of them. We know that. That's a new common theme in the NFL. and going to continue to do that. But, uh, it, hey, it, it's never an easy week. We know that Thursday football – it's tough on these guys, uh, but I'm excited to watch it tonight, certainly. I mean, it's, it's two pretty good football teams that are on an upward trajectory in Green Bay on a nice fall night. It'll be pretty good. And then uh, I just hope my, how you do it. I just want to check it on you because you, you sound like you're a little beat up today. And uh, I want to make sure my buddy's doing okay. So how you feeling? Well, I guess you gave me COVID on Saturday night or somebody at your house. Welcome to the family, baby. Welcome to the Sims. You come by, we give you COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Three and a half years. Three and a half years without getting it. And yesterday, I had some sinus stuff that I just assumed was allergies because in September, at times, my allergies overpower the medications I take. And I take two different medications for allergies. I have horrible they call them seasonal. They never stop. I have all year long, there's something floating around in the air that irritates my, my nose. And if I don't take both an asthma medication and an allergy medication, I, I have issues. And every once in a while, it overpowers. That's what I thought it was. And I woke up 2 a.m. with the awful chills, 101.9 temperature, went straight to the supply of COVID tests that my wife keeps, did the swab like I have done many times before, set it down for 15 minutes, came back, and there was that line. I'm either pregnant or I have COVID. So, <laughs> um, and now, and now, like, my wife got exposed, and she just got the latest booster yesterday, too. She got exposed to me last night because we were watching TV, and, you know, we got her parents who are elderly, and now we're very worried about making sure that they are tested and that everything's okay with them because they've gotten it in the past and it didn't go well for my father-in-law. I mean, he lived obviously, but he was hospitalized twice with it. And one thing that I take some solace in, apparently the current strains are not nearly as bad as they were the first couple of months. You know, you don't turn on the TV and hear the sky is falling. The sky is falling anymore. Apparently what's going around now isn't much worse than a cold. So I feel fine. I took three ibuprofen. My fever went away. And I'm getting a little raspy, but I can get through the next two hours and the one hour PFT PM Chris Sims Unbuttoned Joint Megapix podcast. We need a T-shirt just like the one that they had for Michael Scott's Dunder Mifflin Scranton Meredith Palmer Memorial Celebrity Rabies Awareness Pro-Am Fun Run Race for the Cure. Pete looked that up. That was the thing. That was the name of it. And we also have Andy Bernhard race walking and nevertheless chafing his nipples and bleeding out through his through his shirt that's that's uh, that's a nice image right that's quite that's quite an image all right all right well uh, i I, so you're okay i'm glad it's 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 not a horrible strain you better have your butt here on sunday for football night in america okay oh 
They're not going to let me come up this week. Oh, jeez, I'll be here yeah. this week. See, you're better week, off I'll not be knowing. Don't it's, test. You wouldn't know. You'd have been okay. You just I got this. I, Mike, I probably did have it. I don't know. I thought I was run down and everything like that. So I, I hope I didn't give it to you, but maybe I did. Nobody else in my house seemed to have had it. That's why we didn't really worry about it. There's some, like, my wife and my daughter got a little of the sniffles, like you said. But you know my schedule was crazy for three weeks, so I just thought like I was worn down and maybe had a cold like that. It just got a little worse. But uh, it sounds like I had the same, a lot of the same symptoms you had. So uh, maybe you did get it from me, and I'm I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Well, I don't know that the lasagna balances out the COVID, but it's close. Okay. All right. All right. Good. 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 We gave you something there. For thanks. Thanks. Okay. Good. We gave you more than just COVID. We gave you some lasagna too. <laughs> All right, tonight the Lions take on the Packers. And by the way, I wrote something about this yesterday. I mentioned it yesterday. Don't peek ahead to the Thursday night schedule in future weeks because ah. it gets bad. Bears Commanders, Broncos at the Chiefs. There's a there's a Bears Panthers game lurking. There's some bad games coming up. So Yikes. enjoy this one tonight. This may be the best one left on the Thursday night schedule for the entire season. So enjoy it because this is the rematch. This is the game that put the Lions really on the map. They started one and six last year. Then they began to win games and they got to that last game of the regular season with the Packers needing to win to get to the playoffs. The Lions knew they weren't playing for anything by the time the game started because the Seahawks won earlier in the day and the Lions beat the Packers, a place where they went like 30 years without winning. And they set Aaron Rodgers off a loser in his last game ever at Lambeau Field with the Packers. I mean, that really was amazing. And I think that's one of the reasons the Lions have been catapulted to a team that everyone believes in and everyone's buying and everyone's hyping up because they gave us that moment where they went out there and did what few thought they could do, beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers with the playoff spot on the line for the Packers and nothing on the line for the Lions. Yeah, no no doubt. I mean, you know, you, you said it right. They're 1-6. Green Bay came to town in Detroit, remember? That was the game Aaron Rodgers threw three interceptions. I think, you know, two of them were, like, on the one-yard line going in. And from that point on, Detroit looked like a different football team and, you know, went on to beat the Giants, who were a playoff team, up in New York, you know, went toe-to-toe with the Bills on Thanksgiving Day. That was impressive. Dominated the Jaguars at home 40-14 to last year where they were kind of ascending and rising. And, of course, we saw that they had their Chiefs on the ropes a little in the divisional playoff game. Then they beat your Vikings, right? So they went on some kind of run, let alone like you're talking about the last week of the year in Green Bay, doing that, pulling off the sweep in Green Bay and – I don't know how long that was. I think it might have been 1991 since the last time they had done that. So they gave us reasons to to believe in, in what they were doing and where they were going to be this year. And they've hit the ground running, right, from the first game when we were there on the field. They were impressive. They're impressive looking. They're one of those teams when you see them on the field right away, you go, there's no team in football that's just going to outclass the, the Lions or overmatch them. They're big on both sides of the ball, and they've shored up some of the things that – you know, we worried about, and that's what's cool. Dan Campbell's got a cool way about him. We know that. He makes it fun. That offense of Jared Goff are the real deal. 
and the defense turned the corner. Uh, and credit to Aaron Glenn and company, the defensive coordinator there, and and they're one of the better defenses in football here through through a week, three weeks. So you know things are on the up and up. And of course, Green Bay looks damn good too. So I'm excited about tonight, Mike. Like you said, it's it's a good one, and we don't got a lot of good ones coming up here soon. Yeah, and both are two and one. Whoever wins is going to be in sole possession of first place in the NFC North, and it looks like it's coming down to Lions-Packers with both the Vikings and the Bears currently 0-3, but the Vikings have at least been in each of the games they've lost, and they have a chance to turn it around. Here's Amon Ross St. Brown, the Lions receiver, asked this week, do you think the Packers are extra motivated after the way last season ended, losing to the Lions at home Week 18? Probably. Um, you know, I know – their coach is probably telling them, you know, they, they didn't like the way the season ended last year. So, um, and, you know, it's, it's a division game, so it means that much more. But definitely, you know, if I'm, if I'm them, I'm, and I was still on that team last year, I'm probably, you know, kind of excited to play us again on primetime like, like we did the last game of the season. So I know they're going to come out ready, um, firing. So we got to, you know, we got to be ready too. That's the right way to look at it. I always hate when it's couched as, revenge for the Packers it's only revenge if somebody from the Lions went over to the sideline and whacked someone with their own helmet you know something beyond the boundaries of what the game is about one team's trying to win other teams are trying to win it's not revenge when the team that was trying to win won the game against the other team it's not revenge they're just playing again they play twice a year there's no revenge to be had here but This is the Packers, I think, trying to reassert dominance over their own turf because they did go. It was something like 30 years with the Lions not winning at Lambeau Field. So there's a pride element to it. And this really is. This is the key. And Miles Simmons and I talked about this yesterday. This is Jordan Love's opportunity for a coming out party. This is his chance when everyone is paying attention to show us what he can do, to silence the haters. He gave me that great line the other day. Who are they to tell me what kind of a player I am? This is his chance to come out and shut up everyone who said, this guy can't play, this guy's going to be a bust, this was a mistake, the Packers blew it, he's never going to be any good. This is his chance in primetime to show everyone he can do what Aaron Rodgers failed to do in Week 18 of 2022. He can beat the Lions at home. Well, I, I think that's, you know, where they're motivated. I, I think that's where this Green Bay team is like, you know, you kind of hit on it. One, everybody anointed the Lions the king of the north. And they're like, wait, what do you, you know, what, what, we've been the kings forever. We lost one guy. We got a bunch of young guys who've gotten better. They're, so they're looking at it going like, we, we still feel like we're the kings of the north. I know everybody in the public wants to anoint the Lions, but I'm sure Green Bay feels a little slighted in that conversation. And they're probably like, wait, we're, we're a little bit more than just one guy. Rodgers left, sure, okay. But, you know, they want to show that they got a good, complete football team. And it wasn't all Rodgers. And then they like Jordan Love. And, of course, he's done a lot of good things. Now, putting it, tonight would go a long way, you're right, to kind of ease public perception, shut up all the haters, all of that. You know, through the first three weeks, you know, sluggish start, maybe a little against, against the Bears, comes along at the end of the game, they dominate the Bears. The Falcons game, 
kind of the opposite. Comes out hot early in the football game. They look good, right, really through two and a half quarters, and then they cool off and disappear on offense in the fourth quarter and late third quarter against the Atlanta Falcons. It becomes a loss. And then there was last week, home opener, not good on the offensive side of the ball through the first half, really not good through most of the third quarter. And then all of a sudden, fourth quarter, like we talked about on Monday morning, they had a habit. They had three possessions left. They had a score on all three drives, and he was clutch and made some big plays with his arms and his legs. So he's working his way there. But like, like you said, not everybody's been able to see that tonight or seen that yet. And tonight they're going to get to see it. And that, that is what is exciting. And then he's got Aaron Jones. It sounds like he'll be back and Christian Watson will be back, who's his most explosive receiver. And that's where I'm excited to see the game. It's going to be a lot of fun, you know. And, and two, we know Detroit's real, right? And Detroit's defense has changed. Detroit's defense ain't the, the crapville defense it was last year. So they're better on that side of the ball, too, which makes this an intriguing matchup. Both of these teams got a lot of playoff caliber traits and things about their team to like. And uh, that's what I can get behind for tonight and, and really enjoying the show. The Christian Watson hamstring injury yeah. allowing him to play. He's expected to play. Officially questionable. He's yet to play at all this year. Right. Aaron Jones played week one, suffered a hamstring injury of his own. He's expected to be back. We see David Bakhtiari out again with that knee injury. There was some question a couple of weeks ago. Is he refusing to play on turf? Look, he's just having an issue with that knee. He got the big contract. Oh, man. 2021. Right. Huge contract. Maybe 2020. Had the knee it injury. It was 2020. Right has never been the same since then. It was 2020 the right going into the, the, the playoff, you know, where they lost to the Bucks in the NFC Championship game. Remember? He got it right at the end of the year. I think he heard it, what, in preparation for their divisional playoff game? I believe, right, Mike, if I remember correctly. and Happened in practice. Yeah, happened yep. in practice, and he's, he's never been the same. This has been the guy that at that time was, you know, it was him and maybe one or two other guys that you consider the best left tackles in football. He was the best pass-protecting left tackle in football. That was something you felt comfortable about saying. And, yeah, it stinks that they haven't had him, and I, I feel for him. And it's, it's uh, obviously some issues that have been, that have been a long journey here for him to try to get right and get back to the guy he was. And, yeah, that's unfortunate. The leader of that Detroit defense is Aiden Hutchinson in only his second year, although some have argued that safety Brian Banks drafted this year. He's got that trademark mouthpiece sticking out of a hole. Yeah, Brian it, Branch, right. That he may be their best – Brian Branch, yeah. excuse me, Brian Branch. He may be their best defensive player already. Thank you for that. But Aiden Hutchinson between him and Branch and these other guys that they have defensively, it was horrible last year. And so far, now look, they gave up 37 to the Seahawks and lost in overtime. But they clamped down on the Chiefs in Kansas City and they clamped down on the Falcons on Sunday at home. So signs of improvement for a defense that was horrible last year relative to what it could have been and what it should have been. It was a weakness for the team that caused it to lose games early. But and even even when the team started to win, it wasn't like it became, you know, murderer's row. This year, much more encouraging signs on that side of the ball, which gives the Lions balance, which gives them hope that they're going to achieve the things they're trying to achieve. Yeah, that's right. They got size up front. Aiden Hutchinson's gone to another level. He's truly a force over there. Like last year was a rookie year. He was good. He was disruptive. You went, ooh, he looks like he could be something, right? Like, wow, they, they, they hit a home run with the number two pick in the draft. This year, I mean, one, 
it hit me when I saw him on the field that first Thursday game of the year, the the, the kickoff, the opener. I mean, I, I, you know, we've gotten a chance to interview him, interview him a few times, and you know, having met him twice before that, the first thing I noticed was, you know, he went from a college boy to a damn man in a year or a year and a half. I mean, because he's he's a he's jacked. I mean, he is. He's a different human being than what I saw coming out before the draft. And we met him at the Super Bowl, I think, out in L.A. the first time. Uh, so he has turned the corner. And, of course, when it's football 24-7, there's no school. Let me work out. Let me work on my hand fighting, my combat moves, my pass rush moves. That's all I do all the time. And you're willing to work at it. Yeah, we're seeing a guy that's starting to look like T.J. Watt-ish out there. One of those type of guys. Like, whoa, it's a psycho who's awesome against the pass and the run game. You know, and then, you're, you're, you know, I know Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's hurt, but I know he infused some life into that secondary and some leadership there. You said it. Brian Branch has been a pleasant surprise. They got Cameron Sutton, who's a really underrated corner. That's really good for them. And, and, and then, of course, drafting um, the, the first-round linebacker, Jack Campbell, has helped out their football team. So they're coached better. They figured out how they want to play better. Some of their young guys have gotten better. And they made additions through free agency that have changed their team. And uh, th- that's where last year it was an offensive football team. This year they're definitely a little bit more balanced. And they can rely on their defense to make some stops and some big moments. And I think that's going to stop Dan Campbell from maybe having to be as crazy about going on fourth down and doing some of that stuff all the time. Let's flip it over to the other side when the Lions have the ball. This Packers defense wasn't as good as it needed to be last year. The Lions offense, very explosive. We've got some injuries on both sides of the ball. David Montgomery, the Lions running back, is questionable with a thigh. Both He is trending toward playing along with left tackle Taylor Decker, who has an ankle injury, also listed as questionable. So that's good news for the Lions. Jair Alexander was a late-in-the-week injury who ended up not playing against the Saints. He's questionable with a back problem. So not a, well, I mean, not a ton of injuries, but enough that, that you could have some issues um, you know, on both sides, depending upon who ultimately suits up and plays tonight. But the key is, can they slow down the Detroit offense? Do you think this version of the Green Bay defense, where it is through three games, Chris, can take some of the steam out of the Detroit offense? You know, I, you know, of course, Jair Alexander and, and his presence on the field does change that defense. You know, he, he's special. He's one of the best corners in the game. And then he's a guy that, you know, you can you can ask to match up against Amon Ra St. Brown and you go, wait, we, we feel good about that on a third and five or a third and seven. That's where, you know, he is special to that defense. They're still missing, you know, their other corner, you know, from Georgia who they drafted in the first round. Uh, uh, I'm biking on his damn name, Pete. You're going to have to save me. Stokes? Stokes? Uh, Stokes, right? Stokes. Derek Stokes, right, where he's not out there. So they're not even at full strength in that capacity yet. But this defense, yes, it's different than last year, Mike. And and the other thing I'll say, too, is, one, this defense did a pretty good job against this Lions offense last year. You know, think about it. It was a low-scoring Sunday night game that ended the season. And then even in that other game that, you know, Rodgers threw three interceptions uh, and, and, and that game there and all that, the Green Bay defense did a pretty good job in that showing kind of slowing down the Lions attack. So Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator, has shown that he's got a pretty good feel for what Ben Johnson and company do. 
And Green Bay's defense at a base level is just better than last year. It, it is. You know, Quay Walker at middle linebacker is a stud and a guy that's a rising star, right? We know they got Kenny Clark. Uh, the Devontae Wyatt, who they drafted two years ago in the first round out of Georgia, the other D-tackle, he pops up a lot on film, right? You know, Rashawn Gary, who was hurt last year, and definitely wasn't there for the second matchup. He might have got hurt before the first matchup. He's, he's arguably their best player on defense. I mean, he's, he's a one-man wrecking crew. And he's a guy that, you know, like Agent Hutchinson, is, it's, it's a mismatch when he's one-on-one -on, -one on the outside. So there's a lot of good here with this Green Bay football team. This defense is better. They had a hard time against Atlanta, right? That has been their one negative. Last week against New Orleans, you know, I know they were down 17 nothing, but people got to know the context of that. Green Bay went for it on fourth and one around midfield. It gave the Saints a short field to score a touchdown. They returned a punt for a, or a kick or a punt for a touchdown. Shahid, uh, Shahid, what the hell? Rashid Shahid is my favorite name, and I'm Rashid messing Shahid. it up, right? He returned a punt. So, and then, of course, they held that, de that, that offense in New Orleans just stone cold, couldn't do anything. So they're better. Their one flaw has been B. John Robinson in that Falcons game, right? Uh, and, and that's where I'm sure Detroit's going to look at that and go, can we run the ball on them like that tonight? And I'm not sure they can. Now, that was a lot of great runs and some cool game design plays there that kind of caught the Packers. It wasn't like a total butt whooping. Uh, so I do like this defense, Mike. Long story short there. I probably talked too much. Sorry. Bijan Robinson creating some buzz as a rookie. Sam Laporte of the Lions tight end. Ooh. Off to one of the great starts any tight end has ever had in NFL history. 18 catches in three games. That's the most ever for any NFL tight end in his first three performances. He had eight for 84 and a touchdown in the win over the Falcons on Sunday. So he's off to a great start. The prior record had been set by Keith Jackson of the Eagles. He had 17 catches in his first three games as a rookie for the Eagles in 1988. So Laporta beats Jackson by one catch and he'll be a guy that we'll see. We'll see what he can do tonight. But a, a nice weapon for that offense. And they've got Jameer Gibbs, the 12th overall pick, who, you know, hasn't been spectacular. But he hasn't been horrible either. No. Right? No, not at he, all. You're and, right. You know, you, you're, you're sharing time with David Montgomery, although Montgomery's been injured. They're passing the ball. They've got Amon Ross St. Brown. Josh Reynolds flashing repeatedly. And when you have this Sam Laporta who can get things done in the passing game, You've got a weapon. And remember, they had T.J. Hawkinson and traded him to the Vikings last year. Well, they may have somebody who's just as good, if not better, in Laporta moving forward. Yeah, they knew. They knew they, you know, this is where the Lions and Brad Holmes give him credit for what he's done there, what he's done building the football team. I think we all talk about the head coach a lot, and deservedly so. But Brad Holmes, starting with the Jared Goff trade, may, has made some bold moves and some bold picks. And, you know, and within that move in Hawkinson – you know, what he did was he knew that the draft was deep in tight ends and he felt confident that we're, we're going to get one of them. And they got a really good one. Laporta was my second favorite tight end coming out in the draft because, you know, the kid Dalton Kincaid, who the Bills drafted, would have been, was number one. But Laporta is like, hey, Iowa tight end. You know, in Iowa, they're going to teach them how to block. It's, they're kind of taught up front like an NFL tight end. There's a lot of NFL blocking schemes that go on there uh, under head coach Ferenc. So there's that. And then he was very polished and ready to go in the pass game. 
So, yeah, between the way they run the football and now you got a guy like that, like we just saw in that highlight with Jared Goff, play action pass. Oh, no, we're worried about stopping the run. Oh, no, where did Laporta go? He's downfield behind us. Oh, no, and we're in trouble. So he's added a huge element to their football team. He's a hell of a player. Him and Amon Ross St. Brown give you a lot to think about. There's not really a lot of weaknesses on this Lions offense. They can run the ball, and they haven't run it to their potential like you said yet. They're very good in pass protection. They're creative as far as their play design and how Ben Johnson calls it. You know, so they're, they're, the, the only thing that they miss, Mike, in my opinion, is like a take-the-top-off-the-defense type of guy, a guy that – scares you and you go oh wait we got to play our safeties over the top of him or we got to make sure we back off a little of him right and coming back and and that'll back in three weeks hopefully that's what he can supply for them because that's about the only weakness I see on their offense right now and of course that's second year receiver Jamison Williams who had a touchdown against the Vikings in his first career game last year he was coming off of that torn ACL got suspended six games for god forbid sitting in the team facility and using his cell phone device to place a wager on a sport other than NFL football. You can do it outside the building. It's no big deal. You do it inside the building. It's an affront to the integrity of the game. But he'll be back after week six. He had that six-game suspension. So this will be a good one. I mean, we're going to do the picks later on the Joint Mega Picks podcast if my voice holds out that long. I don't know who I'm taking. I haven't known all week. Usually I have a pretty good lean by the time the day of the game comes around, especially for a Thursday night game. Chris, I have no idea where I'm going in this one. No, I I, I hear you there. I mean, I'm certainly, whoever I pick to win, I'm not going to be picking them to win by anything substantial. I I don't see that, you know. And, and I you know, again, I, I think this Green Bay offense, it's close. Like, it's close to being real damn good at moments, right? Jordan Love looks comfortable. He's certainly not afraid of the moment or what it takes to gut it out and win a football game. That's for sure. We've seen that. You know, is it perfect yet? No, it's not. But let's also, you know, hey, it's still early in the process. Let's see if, you know, what they look like with a healthy Christian Watson to go along with the rest of the receiving core because, you know, he's a big deal. Christian Watson's rare. He can run by anybody in football. He's one of the fastest receivers in the game. And they, they, Green Bay, where they're different under, under Jordan Love compared to Aaron Rodgers, you turn on the film, they're, they're much more aggressive with their passing attack. With Rodgers, yeah, as you, you, know, you heard me complain a little bit, it was get the ball out, get the ball out, get the ball out. And you're like, wait, there's people open downfield. Why are we trying to get it out so quick all the time? That's not the case right now with what Green Bay does. They want to run the ball. When they drop back to pass, they're looking for 15- and 20-yard completions. And they're a little more dangerous that way because of it. Now, they're not as efficient yet, uh, but that'll be cool to see with, with, if Watson's back in tonight and hitting on all cylinders and see you know, the total potential of this offense and what they look like on Lambeau. Yeah, I mean, Watson showed. He's a game-breaker. went on. Right. Right, that he can be right. great, and he had that he had that long touchdown in his hands, first offensive snap of the year in Minnesota, and I still think that game would have gone differently, and maybe the season would have gone differently for both the Packers and the Vikings if he makes that catch and ties the game at seven, early in the first quarter uh, or midway through the first quarter rather that game. So Watson has become great. They need him to be great to get the most out of Jordan Love. Romeo Dobbs has been performing well. It'll be helpful to have Aaron Jones back. This Packers offense. Nothing two tight ends that are real to, good, to Mike. They got at. two young tight ends yeah. like like the Lions that you go, woo, this they're impressive, right? 
you know, there's a lot to like about both of these football teams. It's, it's, you know, I think it's, there's, there's growth or, or potential for growth on both teams. And, you know, I, I think they're going to be in the thick of the NFC playoff conversation throughout the year. I'd be surprised really, honestly, if either one of them fell out of that, but they're not top tier. Not yet. No way. They're, not they're, yet. Nope. Right. They're, they're, they're just like the Vikings last year. The ceiling is get blown out in the divisional round by the Eagles or the Cowboys or the 49ers. And maybe not blown out. Yeah, I don't think it's that much. Clearly not the better team. Yeah, right. right. Clearly, clearly not ready to punch through to the next level. And that's going to be the issue with Jared Goff. Because I think the Rams ultimately soured on him, not because they thought he was a bad quarterback, because he's clearly not. The Rams soured on him because they concluded they're never going to win the Super Bowl with him. They needed somebody else to take them to the top of the mountain. And for now, the Lions are just happy to be on the climb. As they improve, that's where they may start to get a little frustrated because it's going to be when it ends. A game between the Eagles and the Lions or the Cowboys and the Lions or the 49ers and the Lions, and Goff just can't go toe-to-toe with a better quarterback. And that's when... Whether it's Hendon Hooker gets his opportunity, they look elsewhere. But I feel like that's what's coming as the Lions continue this upward trajectory. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Uh, that, that, to me, is the final piece in the puzzle. You, you might have heard me say in the viewing room last week, right? I mean, I kind of have been, and, and you know, I, I'm not sitting here telling you I'm proud of this, but I've kind of been one of those guys that's like, this is all going to, I don't know if Jared Goff can keep this up. I don't. Uh, is this the week it goes bad? Is this the week it goes bad? You know, and you know, I, I have to get over that and, and evolve as a human being too. He's answered the bell. I mean, it's every week I, I watch the lines go. Damn. I mean, woo, they're aggressive. Ooh, Jared Goff hanging in there, making big throws down the football field. It's not always pretty. Right, he's not going to be sexy and make plays outside the pocket. He doesn't throw like lasers that are pretty. It's it's not ever really like a perfect spiral or anything like that. But damn, the ball's on the money. He's taking care of the ball. Damn, he just broke the. He's breaking records as far as most attempts without an interception. Right, that just got broken a few weeks ago. So he's playing the game the right way. But that is going to be the big thing. You're right. It's just hey, it's going to be the playoffs and. Can can he pull them through in a big moment against a team that might be better than them? Yeah, I'm not ready to put the Lions in the class, certainly, of the Eagles or the 49ers. I think we still put the Cowboys as number three, even with the loss last week, right? But I do think that I will say this. I think the Lions and the Packers are more talented than your Vikings team last year. That's where I would say, like, I don't think it's going to be a blowout to, if they get into the playoffs or anything like that. I, I don't. I think they're too good up front, both football teams, that nobody's just going to totally outclass them. So, you know, now it might take a break or an extraordinary performance for them to upset the Eagles or the 49ers, the Cowboys, or one of them. But I don't think it's one of these things where we're going to look at it like, oh, like last year where we went, oh, the winner of the Giants and Vikings, <laughs> they got to go play the, the Eagles now. That, that's not even worth watching. They're going to get their asses whooped. I, I do feel like these teams got a little bit better talent than, than the Giants or the Vikings did last year and could be more of a pain in the ass if they were to get to that divisional round. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal 
and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You have a vision for your business. Your priority might be to expand facilities or bring in the best talent. At Century Insurance, we listen, learn, and work to understand your business and your plans to help protect your new locations. As your business evolves and your vision comes true, Sentry, right by you. Property and casualty coverages are underwritten and safety services are provided by a member of the Century Insurance Group, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. For a complete listing of companies, visit Sentry.com. Policies, coverages, benefits, and discounts are not available in all states. See policy for complete coverage details. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. One last point on Goff, because I think he has played better than anyone expected. This was, because I I was on one of the San Francisco stations yesterday, and we were talking about Kyle, and I was praising, I was praising your friend Kyle Look at you, look at you. No stupid headline or anything? You're just praising him? Annoying. (laughs) Not stupid. Oh, annoying, annoying. annoying. Smart and annoying. So so we, we were talking about the one caveat on his resume, and that is the fact that they've had these misadventures at quarterback. Yeah. Now, they finally found their guy in Brock Purdy, and he's the guy that Shanahan's always wanted because he runs the offense. He's Kirk Cousins, 12 years younger, et cetera, et cetera. But they mentioned the Matthew Stafford thing that, you know, maybe Kyle would have gone after him if he could have, but it was all an inside job. It was an inside job because – Yet Brad Holmes, and I don't mean this in a nefarious way, but Brad Holmes went from the Rams to the Lions as the GM. And the Rams wanted to offload the golf contract in a way that wasn't conspicuous. So they get the quarterback they want. They get rid of the guy that they otherwise would have had to do a Brock Osweiler hot potato trade and send him to Cleveland or somewhere along with the first-round pick, making it even more glaring that they had screwed up his contract. But at the end of the day, they gave the Lions a first-round pick to take Jared Goff. They gave the Lions a one and a three for Matthew Stafford. They gave the Lions a first-round pick to take Jared Goff off their hands. And that's what makes Goff making it past the first two years, because I thought it was going to be two years and done for Goff in Detroit. And now they're talking about contract extension, and maybe he can grow into the guy that makes the big throw in the big spot, that sees a Brandon Cooks wide-ass open in the back of the end zone the second time they run the play in the same game. And they run it after the 25-minute halftime where they surely went to him and said, hey, that play worked. We're going to do it again. This time, throw it to Brandon Cooks. That play gets made. The Rams may have won that Super Bowl over the Patriots in Atlanta. So I think that was the moment McVay decided he needed someone else. And maybe five years later, Goff is ready to show McVay that he's able to not just take a team to the playoffs, but but win consistently when he gets there, we'll find. Yeah, out. yeah, no, it's 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 an amazing story. It really is. 
You know, there, there was, I, you know, I think most of the league, and I think the Rams told us that, that when you evaluated the Rams, you were kind of like the downfall of the team and the offense is Jared Goff. I mean, and I, I don't think that's, you know, that was kind of widely known, right? And that's why they were doing anything to get rid of him. And, you know, I don't, you're not off base with your Matthew Stafford things there. I think, you know, the 49ers, it, it's widely known that they were one of the few teams that found out late that Matthew Stafford was available for trade. But like you said, it was an inside job. It was too late. And I think them, the Eagles, a bunch of other teams, Carolina at the time, if I remember, I'm trying to think of who else there was, uh, you know, we're, we're all trying to get involved in that in the last second. But like you said, the, the hay was in the barn. That wasn't happening. It was a total inside deal. But Goff has answered the bell. And then on top of that, what I like, Mike, and something that like we don't talk or we talk about every now and then, but, you know, like they've made it not all about the quarterback. And that's they've gone, wait, wait, he's not going to be Mahomes or Josh Allen or Burrow or any of that. That's not what he's going to be. But we can make him better, and if we make this offense a damn good running offense and we can protect him and we can expand our play-action pass offense where he's very comfortable in that and we're good at tying that together with the run game, we can make him look like he's damn, damn good and we can win football games. So they're doing a little bit more from the team, you know, team-building way. And, yeah, the quarterback, of course, is important, but it's not the focal point like it is we see the top quarterbacks in the game. And that's where it's a little refreshing and cool to see, too, because we don't see a lot of teams make that rise as much anymore without that guy at quarterback. And, you know, they're, they're really well-balanced throughout and fix their issues on defense like we talked about. And you look at them and you go, man, there's not, there's not many weaknesses with this football team at all. By the way, NFL media now reporting that David Montgomery and Taylor Decker not expected to play uh, tonight. Man. Our reports were they were trending in the right direction, now trending in the wrong direction. No Montgomery, no Decker tonight for the Lions. What kind of weather are we going to get tonight, Mike? Have you seen any of that or anything anywhere? I mean, you know, I'm always intrigued by that. Are we going to get a, a cold fall night? Is it going to look good on TV? I mean, there's just something about Lambeau. That, you know, just makes you think football's here and this is the greatest thing ever at a night game when it just looks cold and a little fall or winter out. I mean, nothing looks better on TV than that. Currently 58 degrees in Green Bay, Wisconsin, as uh, we take a look at the weather on the ones. The <laughs> high today is 70 <laughs> but it looks like at game time it's going to be dipping towards 60 degrees. All right. No precipitation. Winds currently five miles out of the north northeast. Today, wind speeds are two to eight miles per hour with gusts up to 14. So, it should be a great night. Look at you. You ready to go. Bay, Wisconsin. Hey, if they fire you from this job, at least you can be a weatherman. We got you there. You're good. <laughs> yeah, and, and as Pete says, here's what's happening in your neck of the woods. Uh, yeah, the, the whole weatherman concept, I don't want to get myself in trouble. Why? So do you know any weathermen? What do you care? I mean, what are you, you, you're, you're, no. not, you're worried about the offending weatherman out there? Well, tell me. Let me hear it now. I'm no, intrigued. I, <laughs> I just, I mean, the whole concept that you stand at a board and you talk about the weather, especially at a time when we all have it on our phones. I was able to do the Green Bay weather report with no prep because I pressed the right button and I got the Green Bay forecast. It just seems like an outdated 
thing except when it's hurricane time. Then we got to send them into the hurricane zones so we can be sure that it's a hurricane and we can kind of sort of hope that they get whacked by something, but don't die, but just creates a good viral video. That's that's when the <laughs> that's the Super Bowl. I get people so pissed at me when I said that during one of these hurricanes. That's their Super Bowl. They want to be there. Yeah, because they want to get whacked in the head with something hard enough that they that they create a viral video, but that they don't die because then they're some weather martyr. It's just it's just a strange and it feels like outdated industry to me. So you got me to say it. I said it. All right. Weathermen should be extinct. <laughs> well, we don't yeah, need with the them current anymore. climate and, you know, climate change and all that. I mean, even having the phone and the weather there is like they have no clue anymore. That's the one thing. Uh, I am pretty damn sure they got no clue. Like you can look at the weather at nine in the morning and then look at the weather again, three hours later and the whole day forecast has changed. So they're as effing clueless as they've ever been in that department. I'm, uh, I'm with you there. <laughs> and they don't add anything to the weather. They just tell us what someone else is telling them the weather is going to be. Now, maybe some of them are involved in actually spinning the dials and cranking the the antenna and doing whatever they do to get the latest Doppler radar forecast, but they're just messengers. That's my point. They're messengers who are good at working a green screen. That's and good. Apparently there's a place for it because it's on every newscast. It's on every local newscast and you see it pop into different aspects of the today show and whatnot. But Al Roker's there because he's a personality, not because he's a weatherman. He does his weather shtick and then he's part of the gig. He's part of the fun. So that's what you got to be. That's how you add value as a weatherman, weather person. You have hear that, weather persons? Take all your advice from Mike Florio. That, that's what you should do. That'll that'll extend your. Why career. do I need a weather person? Hey, you brought me you brought me down this rabbit hole. But why do we need weather people when we have the weather? The buttons right there on your phone. You can find out the weather anywhere in the world with, you know, if you type in the right location or the zip code or whatever. So anyway, I'm not I'm not trying to run weather people out of work because nothing I say really matters. Anyway, I just wonder sometimes, do we need all these weather people? I don't think we do. Let's go ahead and take a break. What? When we return, uh, Al Roker joins the show to uh, give me the middle finger. Actually, actually, I, I hate to say it, but we have to talk about Taylor Swift. Yes. And Travis Kelsey, because he talked about Taylor Swift and there's much more to be said yeah, baby. about Taylor Swift and her impact. Shake it off. Uh, we'll do that next Shake year. it off. On PFT Live. Yeah. Taylor Swift. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You see where your business can go. To get there, you may need another 10 trucks. At Century Insurance, we put more than 115 years of industry experience to work to help protect you as you launch a new delivery service or expand into a new region and reach your business goals. Century. 
right by you. Property and casualty coverages and underwritten and safety services are provided by a member of the Century Insurance Group, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. For a complete listing of companies, visit Century.com. Policies, coverages, benefits, and discounts are not available in all states. See policy for complete coverage details.